Well, if you think about any of those things that you just saw on the screen, whether it's someone working out or studying or practicing an instrument, um, there's lots of things that we do as humans, and specifically you do as teenagers, at um, working on practicing on things. And some of those things have to become like disciplines. And so the word habits which is the title of our series, is really kind of a picture of the things that Christians do to practice at our faith. Um, And so when you think about it as a teenager, one of the things that I said a couple weeks ago when we started the series was that um, a lot of teenagers don't quite know kind of what the next step is after salvation, So there's salvation, okay, when I die, I go to heaven, all that's taken care of, that's good, okay, so like, Seems like everything is good, like I'm going to church, I'm going to go to summer camp, I'm going to go um, on, you know, mission trips every once in a while, but like, I don't exactly know what I'm supposed to do, like I know I'm supposed to get good grades so that I can get into college, so that I can get good grades again, so that I can get a good job, so that I can have everything that I want as an adult. And so that path is kind of laid out for you very clearly. And what I'm afraid of is that the church sometimes has done a bad job of giving you next steps so that you know um, how to practice your faith. And so what does it look like to practice your faith? Uh, When I started this series off, we talked about how connecting with God, um, abiding in Christ is, is kind of the overarching idea of all this. And then Chris Dale did a great job last week of teaching us this idea of um, how, how to pray. And I know some of you are like, well, okay, prayer is like basic, like Christianity 101, like if you've been in church, you've heard about praying, but like just show of hands, don't need you to like verbally answer, show of hands, who has been asked to pray at maybe like a family dinner and you're like, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Now here's what's in, and no judgment, by the way, that is why we're doing this. And the goal is not to like make you more brave so that you can pray before meals in front of your family at Easter or something like that. The goal is if there's a God and the God that um, created the universe also created you and calls you special and calls you very good and wants a relationship with you, then praying is like kind of the basic, basic idea of that. Today, we're going to talk specifically about what it looks like for you to learn about God through reading his word. Specifically, reading your Bible. There couldn't be a more boring title for a sermon. There couldn't be a more like basic sermon. But I, what I want to tell you is, um, is this. I remember being a teenager and thinking, I don't know where to start. This is boring. This is confusing. You know, I can remember what it was like to go to youth group almost more because my friends were there than we were going to learn how to like read the Bible. I can remember being asked questions about the Bible and not knowing how to answer because I just didn't care. And I don't know why I didn't care. I couldn't explain why I didn't care until, and I've told you guys this story, until I had this moment where I felt like God was saying to me, like, you are not designed to do life on your own. And my eyes kind of like opened up to a new reality about the fact that like, okay, like God created all of this. I'm kind of living in his world, but I'm, I'm not eternal. Like living on this earth, this life that I'm living right here in front of you is not eternal. Like at some point, I, there will be a funeral 
And, and Mark Cox will be on the front of the, the little, have you ever thought about that? Like that is nuts to think about because right now my guess is you're not thinking too much about that. You're thinking about finals <laughs> and uh, boyfriend, girlfriend situation. Am I going to um, go on this vacation this summer? Am I going to go on this retreat this summer? Am, uh, who's, who's my friends? Who's not my friends? Did they say something about me? We don't think about those things as teenagers, about eternity until God opens our eyes. Now, let me tell you even one step further, because who was here two weeks ago when I told you that I was going to go on a little challenge? Anyone here? Okay. So if you weren't here, let me recap it for you. What I said was that this is the last series that we're going to have for Fuse this school year. We're going to kick off a new year in August when school starts again. But in between now and then is like a whole summer break. Are you excited about summer break? Like, no. Not excited about summer break. Okay. Okay, cool. So there's a whole summer break in between now and then. And this is the last series we're going to do for this school year. And the whole idea, the whole reason we're doing this series now is because I want to challenge you guys to pick one of these and just kind of experiment with it in the summer. Whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's praying, whether it's talking about some of the things we're going to talk about for the next two weeks. Eli's going to preach next week. He's going to tell us about something very important. That maybe that's something you're going to, to kind of practice this summer. But what I, what I told you guys two weeks ago about my personal challenge was that... <clears throat> Much like um, deciding as a teenager to like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. Now, again, show of hands. Anyone ever said like, I really want to read the Bible. I don't exactly know where to start, but I bet God's going to guide me. And so you're like, mm, okay. And then you pick a spot and you're like, that's really confusing. And then you close it and you put it on the shelf and then you go on about living your life. Anyone? Anyone ever done that? That has been me like a hundred million times as a teenager, because I know I'm supposed to, I know I should want to, but for whatever reason, I don't want to, and I don't even know why I'm supposed to. Let me make it even more personal. I started on Monday this little challenge, okay? And if you weren't here, what I said was, I know that an area of personal growth that I need to grow in in my own life is my physical health. And so I'm going to take that very seriously. In fact, there was a, a book I told you about. You remember the name of the book? Anybody? Atomic Habits. Absolutely. And there's a quote in that book that says this. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And what that means basically is that you, you might have a goal to be the smartest kid in your class, but there's only one of those. And so if you have a goal... Uh, to be the smartest kid in your class and you don't study, well, that your system is not studying, and so you're going to fall to the level of your system. Goal, smartest kid in the class, your system's never studying, what are you going to be? Dumbest kid in the class. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, like, the truth is, if your system doesn't match your goal, and what, so what's your system if you want to be a good guitar player? What's your system if you want to be, like, the fastest runner in track next school year? And so you have to, like, learn how to do this, and a lot of it's practicing. Again, we don't need, like, the verbal. Uh, it's just kind of a show of hands if I'm asking a question. So here's what I said. I said, I want to start being healthier. I want to take some steps. And it's not that I haven't taken steps before, but I'm kind of looking in the mirror, and I'm like, you know what? 
It's time. It's time. And so there's a lot of stuff I'm going to do as a system. You know what one of those things is? Like no fast food. My goal, no fast food for the next year. I don't know how I'm going to do that because I'm a youth pastor and like my life is Chick-fil-A and Papa John's. But I'm going to figure it out. No dessert. Anyone like got a sweet tooth? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I've kind of started. I haven't started perfectly. Let me tell you how difficult it has been since day one, which was three days ago. Haven't done it perfectly. I have already failed. Okay. Nope, we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that right now. We're doing the lesson right now, okay, guys? Um, Here's what I'm telling you, because I don't think you're quite getting it. I understand how difficult it is to be disciplined in this, like, I'm going to be personally healthy. And what I'm trying to help you understand is that as difficult as it is for me to like, hey, can we stop the chit-chat over here, guys? Thank you. Can you look at me? All right, thank you. Um, To wake up early and go to the gym, to choose every meal to eat the right thing, to choose every meal to not eat the wrong thing, to choose every corner someone offers me something to take it or not take it based on my system. And sometimes I'm weak, and sometimes I don't feel like it, and sometimes it doesn't make sense, and sometimes it's confusing, and it definitely seems boring, right? Because you know what health food doesn't taste like? The good stuff you like to eat, right? The fatty stuff, the sugary stuff. And so you're eating it as like a discipline. Now, let me me turn this and make this about you. For the next year, I'm going to do my side of this, and I want to challenge you to do your side of this, okay? I am a student minister. I'm a youth pastor. My goal is to guide you to experience life in Jesus Christ. That's like my whole mission, okay? I just want to guide you. I can't make you believe anything. I can't change your mind about stuff, but I can maybe persuade you to to show you God. I kind of want to put you like at a front row seat to Jesus is what I want to do. And then I think if I do that, if I do my part and, and our church does its part, that maybe you, by the time you're a senior, you will fall in love with the creator of the universe named Jesus. But, What I know is that for me, okay, let me put it back on me again. For me to be personally in a healthy place, so much so that I lose like 50 pounds by the end of May next year. It's going to take incredible discipline. Discipline that I have really never had in my life. I've had it um, in spurts, but never for like a whole year. And so what I want to challenge you to do is, Join me on this process. Now, if you want to eat healthy, go for it. That's not what I'm challenging you to do. I'm challenging me, myself, and I to do that. Here's what I am challenging you to do. I want you to pick. That's the whole reason we're doing this series right before the summer. I want you to pick one of these things, and I want you to experiment with it this summer, okay? That's a whole, like, two and a half, three months. It's a a good long time. But I want you to, to experiment with it. I want you to learn. And you're, you're going to be days where you wake up and you're like, I don't feel like it. And you know what? There's going to be days that I wake up and I don't feel like going to the gym. So what I want you to do is I want you to root me on as I'm like, I don't feel like going to the gym. What do you want me to do? No, go to the gym. Like, you committed to this. I want you to do this. I want, you, I want to be a part of your story. You know what I want to do? You don't feel like reading the Bible? I'm like, I'm going to root you on. I know you don't feel like it. 
Because you know what? There was a moment where I didn't feel like it all of a sudden until like scripture became real to me. And now I like, I eat it like it's a daily meal. Okay. And it's so, so incredibly important to me that I grow in my spiritual life, that you grow in your spiritual life, but it takes time. One of the things that I was talking with Eli about as I was talking about the, the, the health side of all this is he said, um, first of all, like, don't look at the scale for a while because it's not going to be pretty. Like, it's just you're not going to see the results. And then what's really nuts, if you've ever done something like this, is you're going to, like, work out and you're going to feel really good about yourself and you're going to, like, show up to church and people, you're going to expect, like, oh, everyone's going to be like, hey, you look like skinny, Mark. And then no one says it. And you're like, I thought I was skinnier. I guess I'm not. And the truth is, you're not. You're not. You know why? Because you worked out for a week. How long do you got to work out? Over and over. And how long do you got to eat healthy? Over and over and over again. And let me tell you this. Let me pick, make it personal for you. The reason, this might step on your toes a little bit. A lot of people that are your age right now won't take their spiritual life seriously. And in 10 years, will turn around and blame the church. Oh, you know, I just had to, I don't know that they're teaching the right thing and they're all about this or they're all about that. And so that's why I'm an atheist. And here's what I would say. That's a lot like me saying, oh, you know, the gyms, they're all about judging me. So that's why I'm fat and unhealthy. And you would laugh at that because it doesn't make sense, right? So if I don't take my health in any area on my own shoulders, does it make sense for you to not take your own spiritual life into account? All of us, I'm going to do as best I can, for whether you're a sixth grader or you're a 12th grader, to point you towards Jesus with every, every ounce of energy that I have. But you know what? I can't do it for you. I can't want it for you. I can't have the discipline enough for you. Here's why it matters. In Matthew chapter 4, there's a moment where Jesus is in uh, the, the wilderness, and he um, is, is fasting uh, for 40 days and 40 nights. He was starving, as you might imagine. And I'm going to read you. Uh, some of you have heard this story. Some of you haven't. It's just 11 verses, Okay. It's going to start off this way. Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Captain obvious moment of the year, right? And the tempter came to him. Who's the tempter? Satan. Okay, this is the devil. Came to Jesus and said to him, he's going to do this three times. If you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Do you know what someone who's been fasting for 40 days wants more than anything? Carbs. Let me tell you how bad you want to eat after 40 days of not eating. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know what he did right there? You know what Jesus did right there? He quoted Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. That's what Jesus did. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. In other words, the angels are going to catch you if you fall. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put your Lord to the test. You know what he did? He quoted Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. 
You're seeing a pattern here. Then again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kings, all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Pause. Does the devil own those in the first place to give them over? That's like if we went to H-E-B and there's like a Lamborghini in the parking lot. And I was like, hey, I'll give you that Lamborghini if you go in and you blah, 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 blah. And H-E-B is like, I, that's not mine to give. Okay, and so there's already some deceit happening. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Anyone want to take a guess at what Jesus was saying there? He is quoting Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. And then what happens? The devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Even Jesus, in a moment of temptation, needed to quote scripture to fight off the enemy. And if you don't know scripture, there is no quoting scripture. There's, oh, I think maybe God, God loves me. So I think, uh, I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure we sang songs. And you're like, dead in the water. You don't know what you're going to do when it, when it comes time to someone passes you something and you, you want to you eat this pill, you want to smoke this joint or something like that, and you're like, oh, I, wanna, I, I think I'm not supposed I can't remember exactly what, the, what my values are there. I'm just going to do it. Someone invites you to steal something because you're at a store together and you're just kind of having fun or whatever, and you're like, oh, I can't remember if that's like a, a law. Maybe I don't have to obey the law. I don't know. You do. Um, that's, that's in the Bible. We can talk about that another time. But... Um, if you don't know God's word, do you know what that's like? That's like um, driving 150 miles an hour down the, down the street with just like no seatbelt, eyes closed, hands off the steering wheel, and just saying, like, I hope that I'm, I'm believing I won't get in an accident. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so what happens is people get hurt all the time, and they don't know why. And it's because God's word gives us life, but we won't plug into that supply system. Now, I don't know if I've convinced you of how important it is to read God's word, but there's five things that I want to show you real quick that God's word does. First, God's word guides our steps. We see in uh, Psalm 119, 105, I've got a bunch of verses. I'm just going to kind of list them here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There's a, there's a bunch of verses that talk about God's uh, word being a light to our path or showing us the direction that we're supposed to go. But God's word guides our steps. You know what that means? That means there's things in this world that I choose to do and choose not to do based on what the Bible says. Do you realize that? Now, you are not in charge of, like, your own life altogether yet. I'm looking at um, Angel back there, and you're, like, almost in charge as a senior in high school, but you're not quite there. And then even in your next steps, you're not going to quite be in charge, but you're, like, closer than the rest of the students. And so, like, there's, some, there's still some things that your folks are doing for you. Um, but there's going to be a moment where you get to decide to go this path or to go to that path or to do this thing, or to do that thing. And I want to tell you, God's word guides our steps. You should consult God's word. Now, the truth is, if we don't know God's word, then how on earth could we allow God's word to guide our steps? 
Let me give you just a little hint. This is like, I want to put this right in front of your face, like a big old billboard. Maybe God's word tonight is guiding you to take steps to start reading God's word. Okay? Let me say it again. I know it's very confusing. Okay? Maybe God's word on the screens right in front of you is showing you that you need to take one simple step in starting to read God's word on your own. Maybe last week, the scripture on the screen, remember, uh, Chris talked about adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. He talked about all those things and the, 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 the kind of the how to pray and how important it is. Maybe that was a, a, a moment for you to just grow in your desire to pray, a, a, a habit, a discipline. The second thing God's word does is it feeds our souls. Now, if you think back to what Jesus said, it's a man shall not live by bread alone. Why do you think Jesus said that? First of all, he's quoting Deuteronomy. So, so why do you think Moses in Deuteronomy was saying, saying that? Well, God says it, obviously, and then Jesus repeats it. Why do you, why do you think Jesus would repeat that? To hurt the devil? Sure. And you're alone and you're Kyle? EJ? Okay, yeah. So here's, I want you to think about it this way. There's things that you need in this world. You need oxygen. You need water. You need food. You need shelter. You need clothes. Some basic needs in this life, right? I want you to think about those things that you're like, well, I can't live without those, but we choose to not live without God's word. I want you to hear Jesus' words, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me say that again. Man shall not live by bread alone, or like your food, right? You're going to wake up in the morning and eat breakfast. Down the road, there's going to be lunch. Then there's going to be, there's going to be snacks in between. Man shall not live by those meals, those physical meals alone, but by every word that comes from the father's mouth. Do you care that much about God's word? That's a, that's a big one. Okay. Feeds our souls. Jeremiah 15, 16 says your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and a delight in my heart. God's word feeds our souls. God's word three, protects us from temptation. This is a big one. God's word protects us from temptation. So like it guides your steps. So here's what I'd say. Like if you're invited to a party where there's stuff going on that you know you don't want to be involved in and you're like, okay, God's word is showing me those things that I should not be involved in those. A wise person would go to the party or not go to the party. Not go to the party. Some of you are like, well, that's not very cool. I don't give a rip what's cool, okay? You know why I don't give a rip? I'm going to be real serious for a moment. Things happen at parties that are not planned to happen at parties, and permanent things happen. Ask any of the adults in the room. And Mark's not laughing. I have lost friends, right? I'm talking death because of things that happened at parties that were not supposed to happen at parties. Okay, so God, God's word guides our steps, protects us from temptation. Psalm uh, 119, verse 11, I've stored your word up in my heart. Why? 
that I might not sin against you. Temptation to sin comes along. What happens? I have this scripture in my heart. I know that 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that there's nothing that tempts you that's not common to everyone else. The same thing that tempts you tempts me and tempts them and tempts them and tempts them. Everyone's got kind of the same temptations. And every time you're tempted, God gives you a way of escape. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Every time I'm tempted with sin, I think of that verse because it was drilled into my brain as a high schooler. I memorized it. I memorized it. I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's word, number four, shows us when we're wrong. Ooh, but we don't like to be told we're wrong. Not in 2022. Don't tell me how to live my life. God's word shows us when we're wrong. You know how? 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says this. All scriptures breathed out by God, and it's profitable or it's good. For, read these things with me. Teaching for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. God's word is good for correction. If you read, I mean, can I have everyone's attention real quick? If you read the Bible and you don't see anything wrong with yourself, you're not reading it. You're not paying attention. Because God's word is a mirror that shows his holiness and our lack of holiness and how we need him. And that's not judgment on you. It's judgment on all of us. <laughs> Me too. I see that same picture in the mirror of a God who wants me to step up, okay? Shows us when we're wrong. Five, God, um, God's word displays God's will. I love this one. The most common question in student ministry in my career, how do I know God's will? Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Let me pause there. Transformed by the renewal of your mind is what this whole series is about. You renewing your mind is you saying to God, I need you to clean this dirty thing up. And so I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to give me guidance. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to ask you to illuminate scripture. I'm going to sing worship songs, and I'm just going to put my trust in you. I'm going to go on this mission trip, and I'm going to serve people, even though I'm feeling kind of messed up. Like, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to class, and I'm just going to trust you. Okay, all of those things, are you showing God like, hey, I'm here and I want you to help me. That's renewing your mind, okay? And what's the next thing say? So that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So that you may discern what is the will of God. So anyone, look at me, look at me, anyone can learn about what the will of God is. You know why? And we talked about this a couple series ago. It's written in the word of God. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. There's a, there's a quote by a guy named Gordon uh, McDonald. I'm going to close with this. It says this, When the inner garden is under, under cultivation and God's spirit is present, harvests are regular events. You know what that means? Like if you plant something, it grows. Right, think of like if you planted a, an apple tree, right? And then it finally grows, it sprouts apples, and you're like, awesome. 
I get to go pick apples. The fruit, taking the fruit off that tree is the harvest. So what's the fruit of a, of a life that's under where God's word, God's spirit is present? Things like courage, hope, love, endurance, joy, and lots of peace. Can I just be really flat out honest with you? This is, remember, I love you. I love you. And I'm doing this because I'm for you. I do not see courage or endurance or joy or lots of peace in y'all's generation. Do you know why? Because y'all, not y'all in this room, but y'all's generation have listened to the lies of the enemy. And you know who else did? The generation before you and the generation before you and generations before them. But there's something interesting about this generation where the internet, right, all of the answers are right there at your fingertips. Here's what I want to tell you. I don't care what the world's distractions have for you. In fact, there's another quote that I wanted to, I, I forgot to give you earlier. It says, the same guy, we must learn to, be, to soundproof the heart against the intruding noise of the public world in order to hear what God has to say. We have to soundproof ourselves from the noise of this world in order to hear what God has to say. Can I just be real with you? Most people would much rather tune into the noise of this world and tune God out. That's my fear. And I'm not talking about for this generation. That's my fear for the people in this room is that we'll tune in to the noise and then we'll tune out of God. And in 10 years, you'll turn back around and you'll say, the church spouting a bunch of lies. Okay. It sounds like a person who never took their spiritual growth into their own hands and decided, you know what, enough's enough. I want to get to know God on, on, on his terms. I'm going to do this myself. So here's, here's what I'm saying. We're going to talk about two more habits in this series. And um, over the course of the next couple weeks, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to choose one of these things. You can choose all five if you want. But I'm going to ask you to choose one of these things. There's going to be a big um, like response time in week five of this series where you're going to literally come up. It's going to be like a response time where you come up and you like grab something. And it's going to be like a little card that says, I commit to try this this summer. I'm not asking you to be perfect at it. Just asking you to take a crack at it. If you need help, that is our, our, our like joy is to help you. If you want to learn how to pray, we want to teach you how to pray. If you want to learn kind of the basics of the Bible, we want to teach you the basics of the Bible. If you want to learn how to memorize scripture, we'll do it. We'll do all of it. I can't wait for Eli's message next week. You really got to come back and hear that. Okay? Now, one more note. My challenge, it's on, it's official, it's happening, and if I don't lose 50 pounds in the next year, um, there's going to be some fun stuff you get to do. I was kind of brainstorming, and I was thinking, okay, so like, what if I lose 40, and I almost do it? I'm still going to do something that's going to be like awful, right? Um, and so here's what I've decided. I'm going to pair up this response time on week five, okay? And we might do it the next couple weeks, so everyone's got a chance, okay? So I don't want you to miss the next couple weeks. So you grab one of those cards, and essentially what you're going to do is you're going to say, I get to vote on what happens to Mark if he doesn't come through with this challenge. Now, 
if you don't commit to experiment with a habit this summer, you don't get any voice in the matter, okay? But if you're like, oh, no, 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 like, I want, I want to make him pay. And now here's my goal. My goal is to lose 50 and to not have to pay. You know what I'm saying? But I've heard a lot of people say, hey, Mark, remember when you ate those hot wings? We want to see that happen again. Game on. Uh, shave my head. Game on. In fact, maybe I have to do multiple. If I only lose like 10 pounds, I feel like I should have to do multiple bad things. Okay? So we'll talk about all that. But you get to be in charge. Hold on. We don't have time. You get to be in charge of that. You get a voice in the matter in the next two weeks. Please don't miss the next two weeks. Okay? All right.